not like on TV or anything. Welcome to the Scott and Minaj podcast and a happy 2020. This is our first podcast of the new decade. Um, let me set the stage for a recent event that uh, we took part in and, and Minaz was a key figure in. Um, there were thousands of people who congregated in Manhattan and symbolically walked across the Brooklyn Bridge to a park just below the Brooklyn side of the bridge. And there, there was a, a rally, which focus was um, a rebut, if you will, of recent anti-Semitic acts in New York City and in America in general. And um, I remember when I was asking me, how many people do you think there's going to be? Because she'd been asked uh, by the organizers to speak. I said, oh, don't worry, a couple hundred people. When in fact, there ended up being 30,000 people. Um, it was kind of an amazing thing to see because even as the event began to to start and the speakers began to start, people were still pouring over the bridge, pouring over the bridge. Um, obviously, Jews are there, but people from all walks of life were coming out to say no to anti-Semitism. And we've got a lot of things to talk about. I just wanted to bring you back to that day, Manaz, and uh, give us a, <laughs> well, we can talk about what it's like to for you to speak to that many people, but what did that day mean for you? Well, um, you know, there had been a flurry of anti-Semitic attacks against Jews, especially during, you know, the, the seven days of Hanukkah and actually starting from 2016 to now even. We're in 2020. And um, so the Jewish community uh, relations of New York uh, especially Bob Kaplan, Rabbi Bob Kaplan. And I had been going back and forth about what to do locally in Riverdale, and I said, we must do something really big. And he and AJC, ADL, UJA uh, Federation, um, and a bunch of other really fantastic organizations came together very quickly within like four days, and they organized this huge, massive rally. Um, now, when I was asked to be a speaker by Bob Kaplan, you didn't, I you didn't, you didn't know much about it. <laughs> I didn't know much about it, and I'm not, you know, I'm not Jewish, so I don't know what the intricacies of the members means. And um, so I said, of course, I will speak out for you, and that's always been, you know, my ethical responsibility in terms of anti-Semitism as a human being, and. So, you know, I um, arrived there early with my family, as you know. You were there. I was there. And uh, we just started seeing more and more people pour in, and we walked over the bridge. It's it's honest to say we didn't really know what to expect. We really didn't know what to expect. And neither did my kids. And I think um, my family was very quiet when we were walking over the bridge, and I started thinking... 
Oh my god, I have to talk in front of all these people. <laughs> That's right. And I had a speech, and um, I did do deliver what I wrote, but I felt like if it was that many people, it might have been a little different. Um, but it was, you know, it was an amazing day for Jews in New York, and you know, it's it was a challenging time because I feel like you know even Muslims have been attacked and. But I, I really wanted that day just to be for anti-Semitism. Yeah, I have just to like, just like a lot of Jews came out for us when we had the Muslim ban, and um, they also came out for the three-year anniversary of the Muslim ban recently, and they have never left our side. Yeah, I have to say that uh, you know, as I was sort of quote unquote backstage and watching the front of the crowd, uh, there was a a poignant recognition of some of your one of your words key sort of idea which was you know there are a lot of people on the plate of racism and and uh, discrimination but you made it clear point to say that day regardless of being a muslim uh, and a woman and other things that you're going to talk about anti-semitism and you're going to focus on that and i think a lot of people there uh, truly appreciated that, but I want to ask you. Um, you know, sh our good friend Sheikh Drama is there, and a few other Muslims. But you really were given the responsibility to speak for the entire Islamic community. Uh, how did you feel about that? Awkward. I mean, there's 1.5 billion of us, and I'm sure a lot of Muslims don't. I mean, I don't represent a lot of Muslims, but. I did, I think, regardless of what I do and who I am, I do bring the message of Islam, and I think every Muslim would agree that it's about peace and justice and being egalitarian and not being racist, and Jews are part of our religion. I mean, we wouldn't have our religion if we didn't have Jews and Christians um, <clears throat> the way we have it. And I also want to say that I did talk about the Quran and how the Quran talks about, you know, we shouldn't be hateful to those that hate us, that we should give love. And I think that was the message that I wanted to give, but also about protecting one another. And um, Muslims did protect Jews and they protected Christians at certain moments in time. So I don't know, I, I of course it was awkward for me. Yeah. To be representing these people, but I also felt like everything that I said came from my heart. So it it came off, I think, uh, amazingly well. Um, you were really fired up, if I if I can say that. Um, and I think that the crowd really enjoyed it. Now, a question I have to you is, what were the sort of the reactions later on uh, through social media, through contact, different people? Well, my Facebook was completely full, and um, a lot of my Jewish friends were um, amazingly grateful. Um, some of them called me, wrote to me, uh, posted uh, my talk, and I was really overcome with a lot of love, and they just said thank you for your solidarity. And 
um, I didn't expect that. Then I had a lot of people write to me after that who had heard me that I don't know and asked me to come to their congregations or to do things with them um, that they felt like it was a voice they hadn't heard before. And I, I think it was overwhelming for me as a, just one person. And I mean, I don't really represent any community. I mean, I go to different mosques and I have Eid and I'm not one of these, you know, like, oh, I have this community or that community because I don't believe in that. I believe that Muslims should be all over. Yeah. And this is, this, is, this is my belief, personal belief. And maybe because I left Pakistan and I didn't create this, you know, homogeneous Muslim community. But at the same time, I feel like that's how my kids are going to learn. And especially my daughter, who is a Muslim, and is very, it's very dear to her. That's the only way we can teach our kids. Well, something else that happened just recently um, is connected to something you did uh, last summer. If If you... Listen to one of our earlier podcasts. You know that um, last summer, um, you organized a trip with Shalom Salam Shalom, this woman's group. Salam Shalom, yeah. To take Jewish women and Islamic women on a trip to Auschwitz, mm-hmm. historic, probably never been done before that we know of. And just recently, a similar trip has been organized or was organized by a group of men and a Saudi prince, I think he was. At least it, he's affiliated <coughs> in some way no, to the was, Saudi royal um, family. Okay, so let's... I just want to say, that, does, this, does this a marker that the work you're doing is moving forward? How do you feel about it? Well, okay, so I didn't organize the trip. Sisterhood of Salam and Salam Shalom um, organized it, Shara Orlitsi and um, Ati Aftab, the two co-directors, and then they gathered the Jewish and Muslim women. They asked me to be their leader, uh, teacher, basically, academic leader. And I was thrilled. Um, (coughs) We had a very, very intense trip, very successful trip. And then the trip that you're referring to that happened on January 22nd was with uh, Muhammad uh, Ibn Isa, who is part of the Muslim World League with another, I think, 30 Muslim leaders, all male. And then American Jewish Committee, organized by David Harris, um, they partnered and they went to Auschwitz on the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz and I was ecstatic that this was going on Um, but I have to say as a woman I think it's interesting how that became a historic trip because there's two big organizations led by men versus you know a small little organization led by women Um, we had already done this and we, we had done this in a very precise way where we had 10 days uh, we went to Berlin and I did the history of Ber- uh, Jews in Berlin so we they had went, context they had a lot of context we went to Muslim organizations 
we did a lot of leg work and we did real thorough work and this was like a one-day trip but it made headlines so I'm really happy that AJC did this trip but I'm also again caught up as a minority woman who looks at this and says you know the reason that you know Salam Shalom wasn't in the headlines sisterhood um, although people wrote articles about it but they're very small blurbs is because we're women and we don't have power and I think this is something that in the back of my mind distresses me as well as that I celebrate this trip yeah well, can you give us some idea now I know you're traveling around the country quite a bit telling your story uh, going to interfaith events sharing interfaith events really talking about uh, anti-semitism uh, Islamophobia etc can you give me some um, thoughts on how your message is starting to trickle through to the international community media etc <clears throat> yeah I mean it's kind of weird I, I, I you know it's So, I mean, I don't know how to respond to that question. I get requests every day from students, from lay people, from interfaith leaders, from synagogues, from Muslims, from Muslims from every denomination, from organizations all over the world. I believe you had some coverage in UA recently. Yeah, um, which is really nice is that um, I was featured in a couple of articles. One was a feature on Muslims and, and Auschwitz, and of course the reporter came to me in the Auschwitz Museum, and David Matado, who is a great scholar on this as well. He doesn't f focus so much on what I'm doing, but he is a great historian yeah. on looking at Germany. Um, and then there's the Auschwitz Museum that I uh, also got the list from because I don't have access to that directly um, about Muslims that were murdered at Auschwitz. So it, it's a very interesting loop that's going on. But see, this, the whole point of my work, I don't care who gets the credit on this, I really don't care. And I said this when I was just recently in Cleveland last night, is that the point is to use Edmund Husserl's words, epoch. Yeah. Epoch means a resting place to look at two historical moments that were happening at the, different, at, at the same time in different places and different memories. And if we can do that for a moment, not just Muslims and Jews during World War II, but we can do that with you know, African Americans and um, South Asians, I think there would be some kind of realization of of where we are today well you know at this point i think when people think of you they think of you giving huge lectures um, now speaking to thousands of people um, sometimes on the news or speaking to government officials and, and that's great but um, just to round this podcast off i'd like you to Recount the story of you and your Uber driver um, leaving for Lyft. the or Lyft. Sorry, sorry, Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> leaving to go back to the airport from Cleveland. 
Right, so I got into the lift um, ride going to the airport from my hotel from downtown Cleveland and <clears throat> there's a you know, man in his 30s and he said, so let me, are you from Cleveland? I said, no, I'm from New York. And he said, oh, you're going home? I said, yeah. He said, how long were you here for? I said, one night. And he said, oh, let me guess what you were here for and then you can give me a tip. And I said, I always tip regardless. And then he said, oh, you're a consultor for a corporation. I said, nope. He said, you're a medical doctor because we have a lot of medical facilities. I said, nope. He said, okay, I give up. I said, well, I was here for Holocaust Remembrance and I talked about um, the Holocaust and anti-Semitism and he said, he turns around and he goes, so did it really happen? The Holocaust, that is. The Holocaust. And I said, what? Because yeah, that's pretty surprising. Did the Holocaust really happen? I said, <clears throat> absolutely. And so I went down the line with him on facts, and I started talking about social media, and he said, oh, you know, this media tells me uh, uh, things about the Jews. And, and so, uh, you know, in 15 minutes, I had him convinced to read rather than to look at media. And he was... And then I started talking about the heart and the soul and human beings and immigration and what it means for us to be immigrants and what's going on on the border. I mean, I made it a broader topic, but what right. I what I try to say to and, and then I said to him, "I am a Muslim." He 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 wasn't sure about that, I guess. He said, "You're what?" And I said, "I'm a Muslim." And I study the Holocaust. He goes, "That's cool, man. <laughs> That's freaking cool." Like, that is amazing. <clears throat> Tell me more about that. And then so I started talking to him about, you know, Muslims and Jews and the Holocaust and what's going on in the Muslim world. And this guy was, all of a sudden he was like, you know, I'm going to convince my wife. I've been trying to tell her not to look at her games. I want to... Uh, you know, I'm, I, I created a book club, and we're going to read more about the Holocaust and Muslims and try right. to find out what you guys are really about. And I said, well, listen, I'm going to tell you with my heart and soul, we are no different than you. But what I want to leave you with is that you have to be critical of what you see all the time and ask yourself why you don't believe in certain things and why you believe in certain things. And I wish him a good day, and I gave him a 30% tip. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's a good way to round out this podcast, and it's clear that as, as much as far as you are uh, sending the message, there's still a lot of work to do. Thank you, Scott. Thank you.